Blog Talk Radio. Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is Kim Lakin. Welcome. I'm your host for this evening. And my beautiful co-host, Penelope, is with me this evening. Thank and we you, are Kim. on scan number. Hello. <laughs> Glad you're here with me. So we are on scan number 3143 this evening. And I'm excited to introduce you to our guest who is um, kind of a neighbor of mine. We're about, not about an hour away, but we're neighbors in Colorado. Um, we have a single purpose here at NASCA, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas and neglect, and we do so with only two goals. We do one, by educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, also known as CSA, presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic, worldwide problem that affects everyone, and two, by offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse, and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. And again, we are on scan number 3143 this evening. And if you would like to call in and be a part of our panel this evening and ask our guests some questions or just call in and listen, you're welcome to do that as well. You can call 646-595-2118. And my co-host, Penelope, will meet you on the back line and ask you if you have any questions or anything and then just bring you on board. So um, you can access any of our past NASCA shows at NASCA.org, and then just by going in and searching for the scan number, which I had mentioned today is our 3143 for our special guest. And our special guest this evening is David Schubert. He is from Pueblo, Colorado, an author and parent alienation activist. His latest book, Stolen Memories, is a memoir about parent alienation international parental abduction, family court abuse, 
an international hog convention, I think I'm pronouncing that right, you can tell me, um, court memoir about parental alienation, international parental abduction, family court abuse, and international hog convention court, hog, <laughs> hog or, <laughs> convention. Um, David describes how his children were abducted by their mother and spirit sent it off to another country. This book is his true life story of how one father fought for 20 years to be in the lives of his daughter and stepson again. Aww. As a loving parent, David Schubert never gave up on bringing his children home again against all odds. As an alienated or left behind parent, oftentimes, he says, we feel as though our life is spiraling out of control. From the alienation of our children to the never-ending flow of emotions that we feel due to the loss of our children, we are left in a constant state of numbness. Is it any wonder that alienated parents suffer so much and for so long? No, this is an understandable given set of circumstances. So I'm going to stop there. There's some more, but um, I want to be able to let David talk more about his story. So I am going to go ahead and bring you on, David, and welcome to the NASCA show. We're glad you're here with us this evening. Well, thank you for having you me. On. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, nice to meet you. And here as well. Glad that you're here this evening. So usually how we go on the show is it's 90 minutes long, and I know it sounds kind of long, but it'll go really fast. Um, so we usually just kind of start from, and this is your story, so wherever you want to start in your story, the earlier years of, you know, maybe your children or, or however you want to do that, um, and then just kind of work through, and then we'll probably ask you to break maybe after about 25 minutes or so, and we've got another panelist on the line with us, so um, he may have a question as well as Penelope and myself. So is that okay? Does that all sound okay? It works for me. Okay. Awesome. Have you ever been on, David, the show before? On your show? Yeah. Uh, have I ever been on? No, I've never been on your show. I've, no. I do a lot of interviews, but this is my first time with you, even though uh, Bill and I have known each other uh n not tight buddies or anything like that, but we've known of each other for many years. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, Dilson's a great guy. We love Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's not here with you this evening, but, um, you know, sometimes him and Carol need to take a break, so it's nice that we're able to step in and, and take over. So I am going to just turn right. it over to you and let you start Start talking <laughs> wherever you want to start. Well, you know, it, uh, as you know, I'm a left behind and alienated parent. I uh, have been since mm -hmm. 2007. That was the year that, uh, you know, my wife at the time, who I'm obviously, thank God, divorced from now, but she had uh, abducted both my biological daughter and my uh, stepson and took them to Australia. And, um, 
you know, when it happened, I, I called the police up. I remember I had them come into my door, and I tell them, hey, you know, you've got to catch these guys before they get on that plane, and they're gone forever. And they says, nothing we can do. And I said, what do you mean there's nothing you can do? They said, well, here's the deal. Even if we were lucky enough to find him at the airport, she could uh, turn around and say, it's my constitutional rights as a parent to take uh, my children on vacation, and you can't stop me. And uh, the police said, you know what? If she had told us that, she would be correct. I wouldn't find out until a few months later the cops were the ones who were incorrect uh, because of the fact there was no divorce proceedings or no court orders or nothing. Therefore, I had 50-50 uh, shared care of the children. You know, so basic, later on, I could have uh, filed uh, kidnapping charges, international kidnapping charges on her, but because of my stepson, I decided to uh, pursue other avenues uh, through civil means though I didn't know what they'd be at that time, um, I would find out about four months later that I did have the option of getting the children brought back. And that was through the International Hague, Hague Convention Courts, which they do have. I know we're hearing about them right now because of uh, Putin uh, with the arrest warrant, but they have a, a department that handles internationally abducted children as well. And with the you know, assistance of the State Department through the Office of Children's Issues. In November of, what was it, 2007, they uh, filed the uh, application with the Hague. It took uh, 13 months uh, to get it all done there. Or no, yeah, 13 months. But then when uh, she, uh, my ex-wife lost the Hague Convention and she was ordered to bring the children back, she appealed, took another five months. So I went through 16 months of this stuff, and they typically try to resolve these cases in right around three or four months. But for some reason, it took that long for mine. But I get them back here, and, you know, I'm a static. I had all kinds of evidence for kidnapping the children, uh, the threat of uh, never allowing me to see the children or talk to them again if I didn't give her $7,000 and buy her a new car. Um, and all this other stuff. And like, I ain't doing all this stuff. But the judge heard all this stuff and a whole lot more. And he's go, well, it concerns me about this and it concerns me about that. However, uh, they've been gone for two plus years. So it's in the children's best interest to remain with the mother, allow her to keep the children and return overseas from where she was just ordered from. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Judge, I don't know what the hell you've been drinking that morning uh, to cause you to make such an idiotic uh, ruling like that. I mean, even the people at the uh, the Hague Convention, the State Department, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, they'd never heard of a judge with all the evidence I had ruling in such a manner. Well, basically, I knew that when the judge made that ruling, that was going to be the last time I was going to ever see or talk to the children again. She was going to fulfill her threat of uh, getting the children to forget who I was, and I was right. My only avenue that I had at that point, I could have appealed it, but it wouldn't have done me no good. She wasn't going to bring the children back that way. <clears throat> I went ahead and I set it up to where every time she disobeyed a court order, I went into contempt motion. She wouldn't show up for them on phone. I got four of them. 
finally in October of, uh, uh, no, uh, yeah, October of uh, 2011, modification was made. I was granted sole custody of both of the children. She was ordered to bring them back, but again, she disobeyed the orders. I was stuck. That summer, the following summer, an arrest warrant was issued for her for in, um, international interference of parental responsibilities, which is still on the books right now against her, but she ain't coming back, you know, and, um, you know, it's the type of a deal that, geez, the amount of money that you spend, the amount of time, the amount of mental and emotional torture that parents that go through this, it's extreme. And I don't know how courts, family courts, and all these uh, politicians and, you know, everyone else can allow this to continue. And it's not just against me, just not against uh, the other alienated parents out in the world. It's against our children. And it really bothers me that they could be so callous. Oh. Yeah, I can't imagine, David, all that you've gone through. I'm so sorry. That that sounds terrible. How old were your children when they were taken away? My daughter was two and a half years old. My stepson was about eight and a half. Oh, you know, wow. and... Uh, yeah, and I had a very close relationship with both of them, but uh, after years of being alienated, and it's hard to say what she was uh, telling the kids during those years, uh, but my stepson, he really doesn't want anything to do with me, you know, and um, but that's typical alienators. Uh, you know, they will lie, they will deceive, they will manipulate, they will embellish things, do everything in their power uh, they'll even try to create, uh, implant false memories in the children of things that never happened, you know, all in uh, their quest to destroy you. You know, and so it's hard to say what my children were uh, going through growing up. Um, and have you ever had any, you still have not had any contact? No, um, not with my stepson. However, my daughter, she, uh, because I'm very proficient on social media uh, with uh, all my reflective articles and my different writings and things like that, she, these were actually cookie crumbs, uh, hoping that uh, through what I'm doing on that side of things, uh, the cookie crumbs would eventually she'd find them. And she did. And she reached out to me. And she came back asked me if I would bring her back to the U.S. And uh, last year, about right out about a year ago, she made it back to the U.S. Uh-huh. Now she, so she, you know, I'm sorry. Is she out in Colorado as well? She's in Colorado, yes. Is she? Oh, that's awesome. It is, Good. but I and could see the effects. I could see the what the effects of the alienation did to her. You know, and um, I knew it was going to be bad, but I just didn't know how bad. I had to wait and see. <clears throat> because now you she's know. a grown adult, right? Basically. Right. She, she, 
Yeah, she's 18 years uh, now, and so she can do whatever she wants, and no one can tell her what to do. You know, and uh, I assume that probably what happened, knowing her mom, that uh, she was probably kept under the thumb uh, and controlled viciously. Uh, And I use that term viciously because I know what I went through, you know. But now she's got a chance to spread her wings and fly, you know, as an adult without anyone telling her what she's going to do or how she's going to do it. You know, and I think that's what she's doing. Uh, and it sounds like you're giving her that space and, because you know it's it's like meeting a new person that you've never met. It's a complete stranger, and even though she's your daughter, but I'm so I'm glad that you guys are. Are you working then on your relationship? She's living in a different city than uh, than what we do, and so. You know, we don't, uh, fortunately, we don't have near the contact that I'd like to see. But at the same time, I uh, because I, you know, I'd love to force her into having a relationship with me to be the same little girl that I want to tell in my arms. You know, but I can't force her. I've got to wait and give her space. I've got to be patient and just remind her that, hey, I'm your dad. I love you. I'm always here for you. And you've always got a place to come um, back to. You know, but if I try to force the issue, I'm just going to drive uh, drive her away further. Yeah, you don't want that for sure. No, no, no I certainly don't. You know, and and I know for a lot of alienated parents, you know, it's a type of a deal that, you know, they they they're going to rush things, and they can't do that. I mean, you win all those years of trying to get your child back in your life. You can sabotage yourself by pushing the issue too quickly. You know. Sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Did she ever have yeah. another father figure? Did your ex-wife get remarried? And she did, but I understand that crash and burn too. You know. So what she she doesn't talk about her life uh, in this other country. You know, and she's very closely guarded on every aspect of what she went through. And until she's ready to open up, I'm not going to press her. She'll, she'll let me know when she's ready to talk. Wow. You know. Sure. But my now, problem. Now, was your wife, uh, your ex-wife. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Say again. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, no. You're We're fine. Saying. Oh, I was just saying the terrible thing is that uh, what these alienators uh, do, they don't recognize the damage they're uh, doing to their children. They claim, oh, I'm a perfect mother or I'm a perfect father, um, and I would never hurt my children, but yet they weaponize them and put them in the middle of a tug-of-war just so they can uh, hurt the other parent, you know, over a failed relationship. Well, I always say over a failed relationship, part of it's over a loss of control over the other person. You know? Yeah. And I just, the children suffer immensely because, you know, going through alienation, I mean, if you look at the the studies that have been going on, um, young children uh, become resentful of authority figures. Um, 
they might start experimenting with drugs or alcohol um, earlier than normal sexual experimentation. Some uh, wind up in prison. Um, Others have trust issues that they carry forth into their future relationship. These are caused by um, parental alienation, and the offending parent don't even recognize it. They don't love their children. They just see them as inanimate objects uh, for which to use in as a tool in their war against her former spouse. Yeah, that's really sad. I um, I can relate just in the way that I feel that that's the way my children are acting right now and um, mm-hmm. with my grandchildren. And so it's, yeah, I can't see my grandchildren, and, you know, they're not my personal children, but I, I felt kind of that hug of, you know, these are my kids and I'm going to make the decision and you can't say anything. And, you know, not that I try and make decisions for them because they're all grown and they have their own lives. But, um, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's been a little bit of a time. So I could just, I can just barely, I'm sure, you know, not compared to what you have been through for sure, but just relate a little bit in that way that I can't, you know, see them whenever I want to because, They've got control, and they like to use it against me. I'm so I'm sorry that you. Yeah, I don't. You know, I. This might be a good time if you don't mind. Um, could we see if Penelope has a question or anyone else? Is that okay? I know it's not quite 25 minutes, but before we kind of get into everything else that you've been doing, maybe just to talk a little bit about your your family. So, Penelope, you're on with us. Thank you, Kim, and thank you, David. Um, This is really um, educational um, because I have not experienced, and I'm thankful, uh, your experience, um, but I can only imagine, I mean, heart-wrenching. I can't even go there. Um, And the fact that you've, you know, decided to do do the work that you do is, really commendable um, to help to help other people in your situation. You know, I, I may be incorrect about the facts of this case, but I was curious. I know that many years ago, there's an actress by the name of, I think her name is Kelly Rutherford, and I did sort of see it on the news that her husband, who was um, from a different country, they were going through a separation or divorce, and he took the children overseas. Mm-hmm he fought to get them back. And I'm wondering if this was um, parallel to your situation. That was like part A of my question. And part B was given that, you know, unfortunately when there's a celebrity that has an issue like this, there is some attention um, spotlight on, on the issue and on its development. I'm wondering if, if that, that sort of awareness, you know, has borne or not um, in, in the cause of, this parental alienation and it, it, and it being identified as something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, I, I think uh, spotlighting the uh, focus on um, very rich, very powerful, very famous people and it happens to them. Um, I think that is helpful because let's face it, for Joe Blow Schmo, uh, when it happens to them and you uh, try to reach out to the media, they 
basically they turn a blind eye and close their ears. They don't want to hear about it. That's not something there that's newsworthy. But if you put it out there that, okay, Brad Pitt, uh, as an example, he's being alienated from his children or um, had his children abducted by the other parent, guess what? The media's going to jump all over that. But, you know, uh, and in doing so, it actually helps the rest of us because it's showing the world that these things do happen. And what you have to recognize on this is that when it comes to parental alienation, it doesn't matter if you're black, it doesn't matter if you're white, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, powerful, famous, or or uh, whatever. When alienation comes knocking at your door, there ain't nowhere to run and hide. It's going to find you, you know. Right. So, right. you know, Yeah. I don't know. Well, thank you for answering my questions, and um, thank you, Kim, for the opportunity to do so. Thank you, Penelope. Now we have another caller on the line, and Philip, which is one of our regular callers. Hey, Philip, you're on. Did you have any questions or anything for David or comments? Um, I don't have any questions right now. Thank you. No. Okay. Thanks for calling, Philip. Okay, so, um, you know, you've talked now about meeting your daughter again. That's so exciting that you you had that opportunity to finally see her. Um, Mm -hmm. And now you've started this organization, right? So tell us a little bit more about what you're doing. I don't know if you'd call it an organization. It's a... Uh, basically, back in 2016, I was living in Pan- uh, Panama, Central America at the time, and and uh, the ex-wife, uh, when the Australians finally decided a few years after I got custody of the kids, they were going to go ahead and start hitting her for child support. Uh, she didn't like it, so she took me to court and uh, over this, and I told the judge, I said, here's the deal. You don't have jurisdiction over matters of me or my children. Uh, Colorado does. And I says, furthermore, I says, I have uh, certified court orders that say I have sole custody of my children. And a modification was made that she's to pay me uh, for child support. You know what the judge says? She says, I don't care. She's still got physical care of them, even if she is illegally retaining them. And I'm not going to make her pay child support. Well, she, that judge pissed me off just like the first one did. But this time here, I decided, you know what, I've had enough. It's time to put to put it out in the wind. So I had a friend of mine down there in uh, Panama. He's from Venezuela. I knew nothing up to that point of Facebook. And I said, hey, can you teach me about this stuff? And he says, yeah. And turned out he was also a graphic designer, so he put up the uh, banner and uh, got me set up. From that point on, I started writing articles, sometimes two and three a day that were like uh, 600 uh, words plus, you know, and I was posting them. And I was sharing them in groups. And, you know, I've been doing that for, uh, you know, all these years. But then, you know, things got to a point that, you know, I had to do more. And that's when I decided that, you know what, that book I've been uh, threatening to write all these years and didn't do it because I didn't have a final chapter, um, which was getting my children back. 
it was the type of a thing that, you know what, I've got that chapter now. So I took time earlier this year, and I sat down, um, you know, uh, every single day without a day off and uh, doing 10, 12, 13 hours a day writing this darn thing. And I finally got it done. It got self-published, and uh, we put it out there. And it's a personal memoir going back to the span of 20 years of everything, even before my daughter was born. You know, and it uh, gives a glimpse into my world of what I went through uh, from the person I married, the fighting that was going on, the, you know, uh, birth of my child, all that stuff. Basically lists the good, the bad, the ugly on all aspects to include against me. I didn't want to be like some of the other people that, you know, they write a memoir and they sugarcoat it to where it makes them look like they're sweet and innocent victims. They're like, no, that ain't me. So that's what people get out of that. You know, and... Oh, good. You know, unfortunately, I'm getting some good uh, responses from it um, uh, because there's only been a couple of people that have put out a memoir regarding alienation and um, abduction, you know, where they're willing to put their uh, personal business in the wind for the world to see. And one of them that I heard about, uh, he's from the UK, um, he had a similar situation that happened to him. And after he published his book, he uh, took the ultimate trip uh, into a dirt hole, you know, and that's sad to go through all that and try to create awareness of what's happening just to take your own life. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, so, I just can't even imagine. I, like Melody right. said, I hadn't really had a whole lot of, um, you know, since I haven't had a whole lot of experience with this. And so um it's interesting, and I'm glad that you are strong enough to stand up and, and write a book about it, because I'm sure that there's got to be so many people, too, that are struggling that same thing. Right. Was, I can't even imagine. Well, I didn't stop just uh, at that point, because I've been maintaining my Facebook page. Uh, still, the fact is, right before I came on the show with you, I finished up another writing that I whipped out real quick. Um, on my Facebook page. But at the same time, uh, around the time I was doing my book, I was uh, crafting up uh, uh, an Internet website for alienated and left-behind parents because I got on the Internet and I got to look and, uh, you know, as far as what blogs or Internet websites are specifically for alienated and, and left-behind parents. Well, I found some, but guess what? They were all put up there by psychologists and attorneys. They they have some good information on them, without a doubt. But guess what? It all revolved around, hey, by the way, I'm going to give you all this information. It's great advertising for my firm or my practice. Come and hire me. With uh, the website that we did, do we sell some stuff? Yeah, we sell books uh, from other authors. We offer that out. Um, that's through Amazon. Uh, but outside of that, everything that we put on there 
is free. The people, the expert writers that we have on her, they're from, uh, you know, different parts of the country and one even from the UK. They don't charge uh, to go on there. And these other uh, things that we put on there, it's free. And we're going to continue um, giving up free stuff uh, and resources for these parents. Now, moving to, and then, by the way, the name of that is uh, aparentingaffair.com. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Now, the next yeah, thing we're going to... Yeah, I'm looking at your website. <laughs> oh, right. You can add it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Not that impressive, is it? <laughs> no, well, it is. There's no, still a lot absolutely. Of there's there's a lot of dust on it because we're... We're working on it as we go along, you know, and, um, you know, we're trying to get the resources, but it's slow going, um, you know. But at the same time, with uh, between the Facebook page, uh, the LinkedIn uh, stuff that I do, um, the, um, you know, the blog uh, website, you know, we've also dived into the area of YouTube. Recently, we started uh, making uh, videos, which I'm, not a camera person by far and it's going to take me a lot of practice before I feel comfortable in front of it and I'm getting advice uh, from people on how to do it correctly the professionals that have reached out to me from YouTube and so we're going to be fixing those up but uh, I put out a lot of stuff and actually even like one of the videos I got and I've only got four of them up there right now but I'll have another one up uh, this week it uh, was uh, options for left behind parents, and that one I recommend for anybody to watch because what it amounts to is that you, if you're going through a divorce, even if you're not, you know, um, you never know when your spouse is going to abduct your child and take off, and it could be across town, it could be across state lines, it could be across the, the world. You don't know, and in that in that particular video, I've outlined everything that they need to do before it happens, when it happens, and after it happens. And I think that's going to be a great video if people uh, just find it. And the nice part is, well, I shouldn't say the nice part, but the thing about it is that nobody's ever put out this information the way we are, you know, as far as that particular one. Yeah. Now, um, I know that this doesn't take the place of it, but did you ever have any other children? Yeah, I actually did. did I was young know? once. Um, <laughs> we all were. Yeah. You? <laughs> well, yeah. Not I, sure how we got here. Got I, I'm not. <laughs> well, I've got one got uh, that's 40. Huh? Okay. I got I've got one that's forty, though I haven't had any contact with her. Um, this happened in between my stints in the military, between the Marines and then uh, later on in the Army, and I never found out about her until after I went in the Army, was stationed in Germany. You know, so I've got that one. But then, uh, in addition to the one that uh, was abducted, I do have two other younger children that uh, are home living with me. Oh, okay. Are they still in school then? Oh, yeah. They're still at home. Yeah, they came. Yeah, 
They're only like 12 and 13 years old. They're young. Yeah. Well, good. Even an old guy like me still got it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you do it, but (laughs) I I have some friends too that like had babies in their forties. I'm like, oh gosh, you guys are crazy. Because I was really young. I was 18 when I got pregnant with my daughter, my first daughter. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. she's 35 now. She'll be 36 this year. But and I'm Mm. sure I was just that age, like yesterday. <laughs> I'm not sure how I got there. It feels, but, it feels um, like it was just yesterday, and we wonder where yeah, the time went. It sure does. Oh gosh! And then since they started having babies, it's like triple time. It feels like to me. Uh huh. Really uh huh. Oh, oh. Are you still there? I lost you there for just a second. Um, oh, not a problem so, here. Yeah. So, Penelope, did you have anything else that you wanted to, to ask well, so far? Well, one thing that, you know, because I do uh, talk to a lot of parents from all over the world, uh, didn't intend that when I first started writing them reflection articles years ago, but you know, uh, talking to these people and having them message me or email me or whatever. Um, basically, though unique as they may be, we're pretty much all in the same boat with the same story. It's just there are certain circumstances that might be a little different. So one thing I do try to stress to all these parents is you're not alone. Because I, you know, I, uh, you know, when I talk to them, it's, it's almost like I'm looking in the mirror because they're telling me the same things that I felt initially when all this stuff happened that, um, you know, I, I remember the unspoken questions that I'd be asking, but no one was there to answer me was what happened? Why is this happening to me? Am I a freak of nature? Am I the only one that this happened to? And when I get to talking to parents, they tell me the same thing that they did themselves. They asked themselves the exact same questions. And I keep telling them, no, you're not a freak of nature. You didn't have this coming. You were just unlucky enough to rope into the wrong person um, who happened to be, uh, you know, an alienator. You know, and um, there's nothing you could do about it because these alienators, they were a mask of deception up on their face. It cinched up so tight. The only way you'll find out about it is when you start having problems in your relationship with them. That's when the mask uh, slowly lowers and it reveals who they really are. Did you, um, did your ex-wife have family in Australia? Is that Um, why she went there or did she just pick a place and go? No, no, she's originally from another country besides there. And she had uh, went, uh, she'd moved uh, to that place uh, because she'd met a guy and got married to him. And so she relocated there and considers that her home. And I understand that it's a very nice place. Courts kind of suck over there. Of course, they do here, too. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder... So talking to people these days, 
is it changing? Are the courts getting any better at recognizing? I, I mean, I've heard that they are a little bit better about recognizing dad's rights, you know, and that it sounds like you were able to get through to them and, and get full custody, even though you couldn't get a hold of them. So that was good. So do you see that happening more and more that they're going to stand up for men or or whoever's being alienated, I guess? Depends on who you talk to. I see some people saying, hey, we've made great strides uh, in changing things and creating awareness. And other people are saying, no, nah, it's the same as it's always been. You know, and myself, what I'm seeing changing is, don't get me wrong, I'm not sexist. But there was a time that if you went into court, 90% of the time, the woman got custody of the children no matter what. But that's all oh, yeah. changing. Men are getting uh, starting to get custody. Um, uh, they're starting to recognize, though they hate the word uh, parental alienation, they are recognizing that, um, you know, these uh, women are, are very can be very aggressive, I should say, when it comes to destroying the relationship between a father and a child. You know, but at the same time, we know that fathers do the same thing with mothers. And I'm seeing that a lot. I mean, if you go into my Facebook page, I bet you probably 60, 65% of the people that are on there are women. And you don't come to my pages unless you're alienated or affected by it in some way or shape or form. So, you know, at one time it was probably all men, uh, you know, if, Internet had been around 20 years ago, they would have been on her. But no, it's uh, the women are getting the shaft in the family courts, also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've heard some of those stories as well. Mm-hmm. And it's because it usually is the one that would be best for the child. And, you know, because the alienator, whoever's trying to take off with them, um, They've got a plan in their mind, and so, you know, they don't usually just go out and run and do it. They're making a plan, and they know, you know, how they can get out of the country. It sounds like your ex-wife was pretty good about that as well. Yeah, and I found out. All right. And uh, for a long time, I, you know, I thought it was uh, because of something I did. But uh, a few months into it, I realized that I wasn't the reason that uh, she left. Because from day one that uh, they'd taken off, believe it or not, I was getting three to five collection calls every single day of the week. My family uh, up in Montana were getting the same thing. And I finally decided to pull up her credit report. And it turned out she was, at that time, and you figure that's been since 2007, but at that time she was $63,000 in debt. You know, and I never knew anything about it, and she wasn't about to tell me, and she certainly wasn't about to pay it back. So she was, uh, she did this as a way to get out of paying that. <clears throat> you know, so, you know, I, I you, feel totally, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, were you left to pay it? Did they come after you since mm. you were married? No, I, <laughs> when it comes time that we got divorced uh, and stuff. <laughs> You think I was going to be stupid enough to raise that red flag? <laughs> no. And it's too late yeah, now. 
you know, because she could have said, well, because she tried to get uh, half my house that I had uh, of Montana, you know, that I'd purchased from my father and stepmom. She tried to get half that. She tried to get half of an Internet website that I was trying to get going and really didn't make much money. And she was trying to get me for alimony and child support. Well, the child support, she actually, right after she got abducted the children, um, before the uh, paperwork had been filed with the uh, family courts, um, she actually ran straight to child support agency over where she was at and filed for child support on me. It's like, wait a second, uh, she kidnaps the children internationally, takes them there, and then uh, going to file child support on me? And it's like, how does that work? But they started sending me all these letters every month wanting me to pay. And believe it or not, I'm still fighting. Did you ever send fighting. anything? Yeah, well, you just fight it. Uh, you haven't paid it. No, I, uh, I, I ignored it until it was time for uh, the decision of who the children were going to reside with. You know, and then I had no choice but to start paying it. You know, um, and I had to pay that back child support as well. You know, it's uh, it's a damned if you do and damned if you don't. I mean, you know, and it's all about the money. Beth, she's a typical alienator uh, because you have to understand about someone who is an alienator. Um, one of two things. They either have an underlying mental health issue which could be narcissism, uh, uh, bipolar, they could be sociopath, they could be borderline personality. You know, uh, you just never know unless they're properly diagnosed, which they're not about to go into a doctor and say, hey, I think I got something wrong with me. You know, so you never know. But if it's not that, then it's the type of a deal they might have a personality defect, which is not an underlying mental health issue at all. What that amounts to is they have it could be a sense of self-entitlement where they feel I should be able to do whatever I want to whomever I want, whenever and wherever, without any consequence or repudiation. But the thing about it is that in each of these cases, they have two things uh, on their mind that, uh, you know, are they in common, I should say. Number one, it's all about the money. They're going to go ahead and uh, try to get as much money as they can from wherever they can, most prominently from the object of their hatred, which is their former spouse. Okay. Now, the other thing about it is control, because these people, they all have control issues. They have to be in control of their life in every aspect of it, which could mean that they have to have control, total control of their home their uh, spouse, their children, their job, their whatever. The moment that they lose part of that control, it infuriates them. You know, that's why alienation can come about at the times of divorce or separation. They they know they've lost uh, control over their former spouse. And they can't accept that. So they do the next best thing. They're going to regain at least part of it, uh, that control over their former spouse, and that's going to be mentally, emotionally, and financially. And the best way to do that 
to use their weapon of choice, and that is their children, because they know that the target parent loves their children uh, so much that uh, and want to be with them that they, by denying them this opportunity, they the alienator realizes that, gee, I can hurt them most this way. I can still control them, uh, maybe not physically, but mentally and emotionally. You know, so, you know, that's that's typically what it what sums up an alienator. Yeah. You know, and it kind of bothers me. you can't me diagnose though. them. <laughs> huh? It's not a diagnosis. No. And yeah, you're usually well, right about it. <laughs> you know, and what bothers me, because I actually tell people uh, when I'm talking to them on the phone, uh, you know, a parent, hey, I'm not an attorney, so I can't give you legal advice but I can gear, uh, steer you in the right direction. I'm not a psychologist, so I can't give you diagnoses and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I can kind of give them some kind of guidance and direction, and then they can figure things out or seek out a professional to uh, help them with it. You know, but with, uh, kind of talking about those underlying mental health issues uh, kind of makes me chuckle because the buzzword of the day anymore is narcissist. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> oh, my husband is a narcissist. My wife is a narcissist. Uh, my whoever is narcissist. It's like, um, so the whole world is made up as uh, narcissist uh, people. You know, <laughs> they forgot about sociopath. They forgot about borderline personality. They forgot about bipolar. Yeah. They, you know, but <laughs> narcissism seems to be the buzzword. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you do hear that a lot more. <laughs> you do. Should we break again? Do you mind taking a break? Seeing if anybody has any questions, or I'm sorry, I interrupted sure, you. Sure, why again. not? <laughs> okay. No, you go ahead. <clears throat> okay, hey, Penelope. Hey, how are you, <laughs> Dave? David, thank you. So you. Okay, now that we're talking about, obviously, you know, um, I guess uh, some of the, I guess the DSM-5 and other diagnoses, um, psychiatric and psychological diagnoses, you know, not that this is condone or even to try and explain or um, um, there's this is not... um, permissive in any way um, in terms of my intention of asking this question. But, you know, I always tend, you know, now that I am an adult survivor of child abuse, I always tend to wonder, even with the perpetrators um, in my life, what made them be that way? You know, why, what motivated them? You know, what was, how did this, you know, what was the, what led to the culmination of, um, the uh, you know the treatment you know to to perform the maltreatment um, to erect and so I'm just curious when it comes to your you know former wife um, you know what is is there something that may have been um, you know there at the inception of her um, you know um, desire 
to alienate her children? You know, what motivated her? What Was there something there that, you know, just triggered her to go in this direction? I'm just very curious if that was something that was ever, um, you know, of issue for you or that you had, you know, was part of the discussion or your own analysis. Well, you have to understand with these things, uh, like you say, like I mentioned a little bit ago, it has to uh, many times it has to do with an underlying mental health issue. Okay, now that's not always the case. As I also mentioned, it could be a personality defect. But if it is an underlying mental health issue, one of two things happen: either is in uh, they inherited this trait uh, from uh, uh, one of their parents, or possibly even both. Sometimes it'll skip a generation and go from grandparent to grandchild and leave the parent alone. You just never know about those things. But these uh, traits that they have also, you have to look at it this way. Like, as an example, with an alienated child, okay, the child, uh, if they're exposed to extreme measures of alienation, for any significant amount of time, i.e. in the form of years, um, they're going to bring that up into their own future families and think that this type of behavior is normal and accepted. All right? Um, So those are two possibilities of why this is happening. The other thing is that, you know, people just, you know, they might come from normal, good, loving families, and all of a sudden, uh, something inside them uh, goes haywire, you know, and, um, you know, it had nothing to do with their either side of mom and dad's uh, sides of the family because there is no uh, mental health issues there. It's just something there that can happen. So we'll really never know the answer to the individual analysis of uh, each individual. Yeah, thank you for answering my question. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you might have another question. Is it all right for me to to ask that, or did you want to get to Philip first? No, absolutely. Go ahead. Well, I'm just curious as to, you know, I know that it's been about 16 years, if I'm correct, if I've been following your story correctly, or 15 and a half years since the incident where your wife took the children and this process of, you know, uh, started for you, um, and I'm just curious if you've seen any movement in terms of, you know, I, I know each state is different, but in terms of, of you know, intervention, state intervention and laws against, and, and you know, intermediate, you know, police intervention, um, you know, any type of intervention to um, address these types of situations, has there been, um, in your opinion, a, enough forward movement? Um, to, you know, fast forward these, you know, 16 years, 15 and a half years, would be in the same situation today that you were back then? Well, here's the thing about intervention. You can intervene on someone when they're uh, not of age yet. But once they become of age, the only way uh, they can be helped is if that person seeks out uh, help and voluntarily submits themselves to it. Um, so when they're ill like that, you know, uh, they don't believe anything's wrong with them. I remember as a uh, prime example, um, I, 
you know, it's probably about a year into our marriage, something like that. And she was acting where she had um, severe mood swings and extreme uh, anger issues going on quite often. And I remember getting on the Internet and pulling up uh, what I was seeing. And I came up, though I'm not a a medical doctor, uh, I believed that she was suffering from bipolar. And I even mentioned this in my book about this instance. Mm -hmm. I remember, and I can still see it to, to this day in my mind, I remember her going up the stairs, and I, I says, hey, I want to talk to you for a quick second here. Would you consider uh, getting checked out? Because I believe that what's happening with you is that you may be suffering from bipolar symptoms. We there went the lid off that keg, and an explosion happened. Because uh, for the next week, it was yelling and screaming and name-calling. I'm not crazy. You know, it like... Next time I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. You know, they're they're when they're when they have these mental health issues, they're in specific de- uh, denial, and they're not going to admit to it because nothing's wrong with them. It's the rest of the world. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, and I I guess I wasn't very clear too on my question is is for you. You know, the parents have been alienated. Is has there been you know, in your situation um, today, you know, presented with that today, would things look differently in terms of the outcome for you and the accessibility to your children? Good question. Uh, I wish I had a crystal ball back then. Uh, could I have done things differently? Yeah, I think I could have. Um, as far as uh, some kind of an intervention for me, I don't know, maybe uh, quit drinking which I don't oh, no. drink anymore. Yeah, yeah and I'm sorry, I'm still not there. I meant not, not back then, but I meant, you know, today. Have you seen, if someone were in your situation today, not you, I'll just say if someone, someone in situation today in the state of Colorado um, and their children were being alienated, um, being threatened or taken out of the country, um, is that individual who is being um, the victim of this parental alienation in terms of the adult, the other parent, it, has there been forward progress in the state of Colorado? I'm just going to use Colorado as an example because you're both there, Kim and um, David. Um, has there been, have you seen any change in, in the response to it from those that can intervene? For me, no. Um, and the reason I say, no, I don't think there has been any change, you've got to understand, in fact, as I was just talking uh, uh, to someone I know uh, from LinkedIn uh, who is, a, you know, a therapist in this area, and he's very knowledgeable. Um, you know, we were talking about this is a $60 billion a year industry, and nobody wants to go ahead and have it end. They want to prolong it. They want to actually accelerate it in terms of being toxic environments because they're all making money. You know, um, and this goes anywhere, uh, believe it or not, from child psychologists to uh, reunification counselors to therapists to attorneys to guardian ad litems and, believe it or not, to the judges. You know, um, which I know that uh, you probably don't believe that one, but it's true. I I explained that in one of my upcoming videos. 
you know, how that all works, the greed factor. You know, so as far as uh, changes, yeah. You know, Kim, do, are you seeing any change? No. Hello? <laughs> no, I think people are still fighting against the Yeah, giving rights. I mean, even to the children, because you know that probably your eight-year-old stepson, you said that you had a good relationship with it with him before your wife took off with him. And so they feel that. They know that. And so why aren't we standing up for the children in that way? And Because they do need both parents, especially, you know, if you're healthy enough. And, I mean, we've all got our issues, right? I used to tell my kids, you'll probably go to counseling for something. But um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just, yeah. A lot of more legislative stuff needs to happen. And I haven't ever been real strong in that area, but, um, yeah, I, I am, you know, interested in <clears throat> always learning more about what's going on and like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know one thing that, uh, I've got a friend of mine, he's up there in Massachusetts. He's in his early nineties and he's been involved in the parental alienation aspect of things, um, you know, since the early 70s. And I remember uh, uh, going, you know, what was it like back then? Uh, was parental alienation uh, that prevalent back then? You know, even though I I was too young to remember it, but I was around back then. And he says, yeah, it was prevalent, uh, very yeah. uh, much so. He says, but we didn't call it that. What would you guys call it? He says, brainwashing. Yeah, and that really is uh, all it is. It's brainwashing our children into, well, and a good way to compare it uh, is the Stockholm syndrome. You know, because of the fact that they align themselves with the person that's abusing them. Right. Well, that's all they have to believe. I mean, it was like Penelope was saying, even as a abused child, you know. If that's all you know, that's all you know. And so your two-and-a-half-year-old little girl didn't know any difference. I mean, all that she heard was we need to get away probably. And then by the time she was able to understand maybe what was happening, that you weren't in her life, um, she was so brainwashed. So, yeah, I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. I'm not the only one in the world, and I'm not going to cry over it. I'm right. just... I actually uh, am grateful yeah. in certain ways. I'm not grateful that I missed out on all those years of my life. I'm not grateful for the fact that I don't have that strong, solid, loving relationship I once had with my daughter. But I'm grateful uh, for the man that I've uh, become in certain respects because before this all happened to me, and uh, again, I did, this is another question I ask people. Did you ever know what the term alienation or uh, parental abduction really meant before it happened to you, and they all tell me the, the same answer that I gave, that I uh, said myself. No, I've never, I'd never heard of it, but I do now. You know, and uh, I don't know. Kind of a crazy world, but because I do know what they are, those terms are. It's allowed me an opportunity to kind of reach out and help others, 
through the Facebook page, the LinkedIn page, the uh, YouTube channel, the blog, all that stuff, the book. You know, um, so I'm happy with myself. And I have all that to thank for my ex-wife because she made me who I am today. Right. No, I'm sure this is her because yeah. I know she's monitoring my stuff. Yeah. I said the same thing about my ex. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I don't regret the years. So we were together. It was just, there were some good years, but once it got bad, then it just kind of stayed bad. So. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it looks like um, we have another caller on the line here. And I'm going to see, just maybe pop in with Philip and see if he had anything else to anything you wanted to say. Philip, you're on the line. Um, I don't have anything to say. Nothing to say? Okay. No, okay. Yeah, it looks like Penelope popped on the other line there to see who is on. So, um, mm. is there like a? I know this is a silly question, but from what you've learned, is there a place that is the <clears throat> easiest for people to run away to? Is there like a certain area of the world that? Um, a lot of people are taking off to or it just kind of depends on probably where they're at and where they start from. Yeah, actually there are, there are a number, there's a number of places and I hope none of them uh, abductors are listening in on this, but here's the thing, as I mentioned to you, uh, and I love how you pronounce it, the hog convention. (laughs) It's the hate convention. (laughs) I I was like, yeah, sorry about that. I (laughs) kind of messed up on that, but... (laughs) Well, basically, um, these uh, abducting yeah, parents can uh, take off. I'm sorry? Yeah, if you say said right after now? you're done with that sentence, maybe you can explain the, the convention. Right. Well, <laughs> like I say, um, the Hague Convention is made up of, I forget how many signatories, uh, countries, uh, that are as far that are out there in in the effort to uh, make sure uh, parental abductions, uh, when they happen, their children are returned back to their uh, place of residence before the abduction. And um, not every country is party to the Hague Convention on this aspect. So all these parents have to do is, uh, if they have a way to do it, as far as if they're from there, they have relatives there, if they have citizen or residency, all they have to do is search up what uh, countries are signatory uh, uh, to the Hague Convention. Boom, problem solved. Because once they get over to one of those non-signatory countries, nothing's bringing them back. Yeah, that's what I thought. And they're actually in the Middle East. Um, so we do have another caller that just called in, um, Bob. He's one of our <coughs> NASCA members, and he was on not, on the, the show not too long ago. So is it all right if I bring Bob on and see what he wanted to say to you? Certainly. Okay. Yeah, hey, good day, my friend. Good day. Hey. Good day, Kim. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just listening to the the 
guest's um, story, it's um, kind of resonates with me. Um, for me, we're all victims of victims, and if you don't hand it back, you pass it on. So, um, for me, the damage is all done during the first seven years, you know, and I got to the stage where, God, I hate your mum because you're always beating me, but you got to love your mum, you know. And it was that dichotomy that was tearing me apart. But by heeding the wounds of childhood and getting mum to tell me her story, I realised that mum was doing her very, very best, but all that she could do was dump on me what got dumped on her. So once she told me her story of how violent her childhood was, I could move from hate through that understanding back to love. And after speaking with her on the phone and then three days later she died I got closure on that and it was the, the realisation that um, and this has been going on for centuries you know it's by by having that discussion with my my primary abuser I was able to break the multi-generational cycle of abuse and my healing wasn't complete until I was able to forgive my uh, primary abusers so that's just how I did it um, and my life is brilliant now it's absolutely amazing I've totally recovered from a 30-year period of uh, fighting with depression and my life is so blissful on the other side of it now because I'm living my truth not my programming Thank you, Bob, for sharing that. So, you're welcome. Thank you, Bob. You're coming, yeah, you're coming from the perspective of the child, right? Yeah. Because you were taken away from your your father. No, what what happened was, and no. uh, you know, I've been researching this stuff since 1994 when I started dancing with depression. Um, I wasn't taken away. Um, but my parents abandoned me, which is kind of, you know, just the, the same situation. Um, they were emotionally unavailable. Um, mum was always beating me. So the message I got from mum was, mum's always beating me, therefore she does not love me, therefore I'm unlovable and it's all my fault. And the second message I got from mum is the world is a dangerous place because I was always getting beaten. And then the message I got from dad who was a mythical creature. He went to work before I got up in the morning and he came home after I was in bed at night. And so the message I got from my dad was, dad never spends any time with me, therefore he does not love me, therefore I'm unlovable and it's all my fault. And that, you know, I began to realize a child that's being abused in any way, you know, and it's, it's, it can be any form of abuse, physical, emotional, spiritual, geographical, sexual, abuse is abuse is abuse. I do not discriminate between any of those uh, forms of attack because all it took, all it takes for me is that one moment of the look of terror in the child's eyes and the trust between the child and their, their abuse and their parent who's supposed to love them unconditionally but the trust is broken and that's when the damage is done. But I'm so glad I went back and with the help of John Bradshaw, healed the wounds of my childhood because, you know, 
Uh, and the crazy thing is, Kim, um, about three years ago, I spoke to my mum through a spiritual medium. And the medium told me stuff that only mum and I knew, so I knew she was fair dinkum. And mum, mum said to me, Bobby, 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 thank you so much for writing that letter, which I did tell her you to read. Because she's now doing the same work with her parents in the beyond. And Kim, that absolutely blew me away. So it's my message is, you know, take responsibility for your life and heal the wounds of your childhood. And I'm now living my bliss and I'm just a simple bloke. And if I can do it, anybody can. Nobody else can fix me. It's my job. Anyway. I've said enough. I could talk for hours on this, you know. Yeah. That Thank you, Bob. No, I'm glad you called in. Thank you for sharing for sharing that. You're and, um, so, David, did you have anything that you wanted to respond back to Bob? Or I know he didn't really ask a question. No, it's. Uh, I'd just like to go ahead and say, you know, I'm glad that you were able to find that resolution in your life, that you were able to gain the truth as well as find forgiveness in your heart. Because it, uh, you know, it's hard to find forgiveness. But in this case here, you gave it, and it wasn't actually ever needed. Is that correct? Well, uh, this is about 1995 on my own sort of uh, spiritual journey. I was born in '52, and it was at that time that I hated Mum. God, I hated her because, uh, you know. I kept going back to childhood, and every time I went back, I could recall um, another instance of when I was terrified, you know, another instance of abuse. So the, it was like, God, I hate you, Mum. I bloody hate you, you know? Um, and it was that dichotomy, because you're supposed to love your Mum. It was that dichotomy that was tearing my soul apart. But by going through the process of sharing my story with Mum, and then eventually getting her to share her story with me, I could move from a through understanding back to love and um, and forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, because she was doing her very best. <coughs> All she doing was living her programming, and so I spent I spent twenty years removing forty years of programming. So, <laughs> and I've I've rewritten my own program. So yeah, I'm content with me. So thanks for your uh, your time and attention, my friend. Well, I'm glad things are working out for you. Yeah. Well, if I can do it, anybody can, hey. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Bob. And if you didn't notice, David, um, Bob is from Australia. <laughs> I kind of caught that in the <laughs> accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Is he from there or does he live here? <laughs> I don't have is a call from you. <laughs> where are you from? No, where I, you just talk... <laughs> I don't have an accent. I just talk real slow. <laughs> yeah, that's what Bob told me when we first got on on the the show. He goes, "You have the accent. I don't have the accent." <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's funny. I used to do that. Going back to Arkansas, they, that's where a lot of my family lives. And I'd be so pissed them a lot. And I'd be like, you all mm-hmm. are so funny. But I'd pick it right up. I could pick up an accent pretty quickly. 
So, I hear you. It took me uh, almost 40 years to start losing some of that southern drawl I picked up when I was in the Marine Corps over in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, that's the place to learn it, the Carolinas, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, so yeah. We, we are down to um, like 13 minutes left. So in these last few minutes, what would you else would you like to share with us, David? Well, the, the main thing is that, uh, as I mentioned before, I want uh, these folks that are going through these terrible times to know that they're not alone. Don't try to do it alone uh, because there are people out there that have gone down this road before you and they can share their experiences. They've got Facebook groups out there that you can converse with. We've got our blog called parentingaffair.com um, that they can go ahead and uh, read expert articles. They can look at podcasts. They can um, they can go ahead and uh, watch YouTube videos. We're adding to it. We're uh, still in the infancy stage, but it's out there. But also, uh, don't be afraid. If you need a therapist, don't be afraid to uh, pick up the phone and call. In fact, it's on the website, uh, we have a section there uh, for therapists um, that they can uh, 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 click on to find a therapist in their area, and these people can talk to you while you're in the comfort of your own home, which makes it very convenient for you, you know, so don't be afraid to reach out for help, you know, and then uh, also if you want to have uh, access to the things that I post on Facebook, you know, like my reflections or when I put out a new YouTube video or if I do whatever, they can always go to me on uh, facebook.com forward slash hopeful father, you know, and, uh, you know, they can access that or my group site if I was erased, you know, um, you know, and then on the uh, YouTube channel, uh, though I'm not very good at those YouTube things yet, I'm still learning the ropes, and I'm awful uncomfortable in front of a camera, but the information is there. And uh, that's called A Parenting Affair, the video series. You know, but definitely don't try to go alone and make sure that you uh, plan time for yourself. Don't sit there uh, in self-isolation while you're going through this. Don't self-medicate yourself because you need a clear mind. Um, you know, to make those important decisions to get your child back in your life. And you also don't need uh, the other parent uh, taking you uh, this stuff that they know about you back into court and putting the nail in your coffin, so to speak. You know, so practice the art of self-healing, you know, whether it's going out there fishing or uh, doing a, uh, a pickup game of basketball or taking a sewing or a cooking class or going out there once a week for movies or dinner with your friends. Whatever it takes, try to distract yourself, have fun, try to live as much as possible a sense of normal lifestyle, you know. And like I say, don't be afraid to reach out to others. Yeah. Yeah, and the Internet is such a... I mean, there's so many different things that you can do on the internet these days, and, and including counseling, like you said. I do. I've done that for a while too. Is did some online counseling, and um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, it, it sounds like you pretty much go 
it's a trauma. It's a trauma for you, and it's a trauma for the kids when you guys are going through this. So, you know, a lot of times the person that's trying to alienate won't get the child help. So what would you say to maybe now who had been alienated and they're trying to get back in contact with their, their parents that they lost when they were living? Well, what would you say to them? You know, uh, every case is going to be different uh, in all honesty. Um, as the children go into uh, adulthood, uh, it depends on the level of alienation that went on um, as far as if it was mild, medium, or extreme in nature for how long it went on. But also, um, you know, uh, people are all different um, in the way they think and the way they react. But a lot of times, you know, what I tell people is that, you know, don't push yourself on them. They've uh, been through enough. Um, they still love you. They just got a different way of showing it because you got to understand um, you've been made out to be the bad person all these years when you know you're not. And uh, when they lash out at you, they're not doing it because they're saying, I hate you. What they're actually doing, and this is true, is when they lash out and get angry at you, they're saying, if you love me, prove it to me. You know, because the alienator... Uh, didn't really show them love. Now they just want someone that, that uh, can prove to them that they are loved by that parent. You know, and, uh, you know, take it for that. But at the same time, you know, don't, uh, like I say, don't brush it, don't push it. But every now and then, uh, send just a quick email. Can only It doesn't have to be more than a line or two. Just saying, hey, uh, Jared or Jill or whoever. This is dad. You know, I was just thinking about you. You know, you crossed my mind, and I want you to know I love you. And if you ever want to talk, I'm here. Boom. Love dad or love mom. Just keep it short and simple. You know, and you don't do it every single day or even every week, but a couple times a month would be fine. And another thing, a friend of mine over in Australia, her name is Carla Lee. Um, a few years back, she had a great idea. What she did, or what she suggests, is that get yourself an old shoe box, cut a hole into it like you would a postal box, and every time the child has a birthday or a special occasion or a Christmas and you're denied any form of contact, get a card, write something in it, address it to them, and put it in that box. And when that child gets old enough, hand that box uh, to them, you know, and that way there when these children do become adult children, now if they've already got adult children, it's too late for that, but for the new parents, if they've got young children they're alienated from, great idea because it'll show the child once they become an adult that, hey, my mom or my dad, they really did love and care for me, you know, and when I was taught that they didn't. Did you have anything you were able to give to your daughter? Do what? Did you have anything that you were able to give to your daughter from years past when you had thought about her throughout the years? Had you gotten anything? Well, I didn't know about what Carla had suggested at that time, but what I do have about my garage, I have a box of all of her 
uh, baby stuff and toys and things like that. Fact is, uh, for the first year after they were abducted, I know this might sound strange, but I'm sure a lot of other parents have done the same thing. Her bedroom, I never touched it. Everything for an entire year was left in the exact same space uh, as, uh, as the day she'd left. Her Raggedy Ann doll was on a chair uh, at the foot of her bed, you know, and, um, you know, her clothes. I, I just couldn't bring myself. I It was weird. It was like I was stuck in time. Finally, I knew, uh, you know, after about a year, okay, I've got to move forward in my life. I can't stay stuck in here. I'm just killing myself. So I boxed up this stuff. You know, but I did keep her most memorable items that, you know, I've told her about, and she'll have them when she's ready. And as well as stuff that, you know, uh, she uh, took great uh, pride in when she was a little girl, and Grandma used to babysit her, you know, and so she'll get those as well. And I'll bet she'll really cherish them when she gets them. She's still kind of young. But, yeah, yeah but, and it could be 10 or 20 years before she comes around. I don't know. I mean, if ever. I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. Um, you can do the best you can and try to give them the space that they need and deserve and have patience. But in the end, you really don't know what's going to happen. Just keep your fingers crossed, hope, and pray. Yeah, and reach out to people and that have gone through this. I think that's huge in, in any situation, any trauma situation, just knowing, you know, that you're not alone in that is huge. Well, exactly. And that's the same thing, you know, you were talking earlier about grandparents. Um, I get all the time, um, you know, uh, grandparents come to me. fact is a couple of uh, the people that write for me on uh, my website uh, their grandparents, and one of uh, them uh, actually uh, wrote an article a few weeks back uh, about the grandparent alienation, you know. And we looked at the analytics. Believe it or not, most of the people that uh, follow me are between, uh, what was it, 45 and 60? Um, 50 to 60. 50, um, I stand corrected, 50 to 60 years old. So obviously they're grandparents. So this is a major concern for not just the parents, not just the children, uh, but also the grandparents. I mean, they're starting to come out and saying, hey, I don't have contact with my grandchildren just like you. And we have to do something about that. You know, because yeah, what's happening because I mean, is... You know, it's, especially if you know that it's just alienation. I mean, it's hard. It is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, what's happening uh, when, a, when a parent alienates the child from their uh, mother or father, okay, it doesn't end just there because you've got extended families, you've got aunts, you've got uncles, you've got cousins, you've got the grandparents. And what's happening here is that these alienators are dying, denying the children a chance uh, to have a relationship with them, but they're also denying the child, half of who they are, half of who they can become, and half of their heritage. And the grandparents especially want to share their heritage with the grandchildren before they uh, leave uh, God's green earth. 
Yeah. You know? And it, that would be sad to go, well, gee, I know I got a grandparent, but I, I don't know anything about our history of uh, my ancestors because, you know, I was cut off from them. And that's terrible. The shame on these alienators for the uh, heartache and the pain and suffering and the denial of uh, these things from their own children. Well, even just, you know, there are women out there that will get pregnant and then leave the husband or leave the, the boyfriend or whatever. And, you know, they never even knew that there was a kid until they're older. So they don't have all of that you know, grief to go through at the time that you've missed, you know, like you've said, you've missed their whole childhood. And um, and it goes by so fast. But thank you it so does. much for being on. You've just, you've oh, been ver- such a, a great guest and lots of insight. <laughs> so thank you. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to say thank you for having me on. Yeah. Yeah, and I um, look forward to talking to you more. And now that we're, we know that we're neighbors, then um, yeah, if you want to chat sometime, we'd be happy to do that. We can set that up. But um, any last words? We've got a couple seconds left. No, uh, not a whole lot. Just to remember that uh, for all the parents out there that are listening, you're not alone. That's so important. Thank you. Thank you, David. All right. And thank you, everyone, for being on with us. (laughs) Thank you. You too. Thank you, Bob, for being on, and Philip for being on with us, and, of course, Penelope. Always great to be on with you. So um, we are going to close the show now, but um, thank you all for being here. And remember, there's enough eyes and ears out there, adult eyes and ears out there, to watch out for all the children in the world. So we need to, to pay attention. And if you see something, say something, please. Have a good evening, everybody. Good night. Another tomorrow, cause that's gone away.